Sisterhood HQ. Today we have got the absolutely jaw-droppingly gorgeous Amy Grimm with us. Now she's a serial entrepreneur in the entertainment and the hospitality sector. Welcome to Sisterhood HQ. Oh, thank you. You little doll. <laughs> As she's just come in, I'm like, Bigger on you, she's absolutely <laughs> tiny. So tell me, who is Amy Grin? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I, don't know I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just winging it. Yeah. So what was your like? Go back. What was your okay. like in school? Right. Oh, school. Okay. Um, school. I was. Oh my god, I was so quiet in school. Was it? Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. People are so surprised when um, when I say that. Yeah. I um. Yeah. I struggled in school. It wasn't. I didn't. Um. I didn't fit well in like a classroom environment so I was what really really that? quiet it just wasn't for me did I you not engage no no you know I'd, sit, I'd literally sit there in lessons in school and be lost like I was I was always a daydreamer mm. in school um so I was really quite like I wasn't a nerdy girl yeah I was more kind of yeah I was more interested in like how I looked and going into it was like a social event for me you know yeah. going into school with my hair done and like the prom queen yeah like I would literally like I would sneak out at lunchtime, like to go on the sunbeds and come back. You know, it was just like I never ever took school seriously at all. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was really quiet and um, I couldn't wait to leave. You know, they say like school's the best. Is it shite? I don't know. Yeah, I, I absolutely hated it, so I couldn't wait to leave. So fast forward, you've left school. Where yeah. are you? Um, I'm walking home with no GCSEs. I literally like, um, I missed. I remember missing one of my GCSEs, I was getting my eyelashes done, I was going out, like that's how much, I just didn't care, all I was about was like how I looked and um, I had two brothers, got two brothers who were like really academic, so I was kind of like the black sheep. And what was mom, your parents like because of that? My mum was cool, my mum was boss, yeah, so like she she wasn't bothered, like I'd literally go home, go to sunbeds, come home and I'd knock on the door and she'd be like here she is again. I don't think there was as much emphasis on education for girls years ago. Oh, no, definitely not. No one not, was yeah. asked. Yeah. You didn't go to school. No one was one before. I was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, fine. Don't go. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, if my brother's done half the stuff that I'd done, yeah. you know, like, they, yeah, they were they were um, very much academic compared to me, but my mum was fine. She, was, she just used to laugh it off and say, like, oh, or Amy. Was she so, spoiled? Um, no, I wasn't, you know. My no. dad was um, my dad was quite hard, but in a good way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he... he um, I was kind. Of, I was the eldest, so I was kind of brought up. Oh, was yeah, she? I was like raised like a boy. Like I was in the van with my dad, ah. and um, and he always had vans, always had his own business and stuff. So I'd always kind of watched him and seen what he was doing. Um, but yeah, my mum was really cool. She was just like, "How oh, Amy, I'll just survive off a look. She'll be fine." Little <laughs> Barbie doll. <laughs> what was your first job? So I left school, and I had virtually no GCSEs and I remember coming home and as I say my dad was very much like tough love and um, he was like well I'm not giving you no money you know you need to go and get a job yeah. and I did um, I was 15 when I left because I was like a summer baby so as soon as I turned 16 I had I just applied for everything I had three jobs um, so I was working in like kitchens um, in is it called the Santander and Bootle doing like behind yeah. the scenes doing like with the dishwasher and stuff yeah. like that, literally hair. It was the gyro, was That's it, the gyro, yeah. yeah. So I was there and I was in TJ's um, and I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, Kate. So, um, What did you dream of doing? I lived in my own little world. Like I was, I grew up obsessed with like Dolly Parton. Yeah. Um, so I always thought like, I just, I don't know. I, don't, I Honestly, I never, even to this day, I don't think 
too seriously, too far ahead. But I was obsessed with like this whole glamour world, but I never really thought about modelling or I just thought that it would just, I don't know, I'd leave school and it would all fall into place. I don't, I don't really know, but I think that's quite, sometimes it's a good thing to not overthink. Absolutely. I always say even now, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, you know. Um, I still have to figure that out. <laughs> because we haven't grown up. I know. Good old fucking Peter Pans. So, yeah, I was obsessed with like Dolly Parton, Britney Spears, and then I'd go in through school, it was Jennifer Allison. Like, I just loved Jennifer oh, Allison. I used to, and now I used to go out and literally, like, I'd follow everything she'd do. And I'd go out, like, dressed how she was dressed. And I'd love it, like, when people had mistaken me for her. And, oh, she's gorgeous. Uh, even now, like, she's dead inspirational, isn't she? She's and, lovely. Yeah, and she works with dancers. So, like, we're the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you watch. Man and Jenny's kids go to school together. Oh, do they? Yeah, and her boys, like, man, there's just polar opposites here. Boys are, like, angels and man are devils. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and see, like, sometimes we'll think, they'll kick off. And I think, oh, God, Jenny will be pulling their kids away from man. But, yeah, there was, she was a big, she was iconic and she's done so yeah. well and led the way for Liverpool girls as well definitely yeah so she was a big inspiration for me growing up um so yeah I left school and I got got these little jobs and you know what Kate I found that I loved working I'd done really well being hands-on so like go when I was in TJ's I was in like this closed apartment room and originals it was called and um, I'd have to go in and do like the stock checks in the morning and um be cashing up and I could go in and the practical side of things are done really well so uh me, my dad who said to me he was like well you know what are you what are you gonna do and I was like well I don't know all my friends were going off and doing like hair and beauty and I just had no interest in it I knew that wasn't for me and the only subject I'd done well at school was maths because I liked numbers and I was good with you know with numbers and figures so uh, I decided to go for an apprenticeship which I think is, is a great thing because for a lot of people, I think practical for me, definitely. Yeah. Work and practical is a lot better. Even to this day, I couldn't sit in a classroom. Like, I can't take it in. I need to go and do it, you yeah. know, and experience it. Like, I, I don't read instructions. I'm just like, the, all the kids' toys are back to front because I'm like, no, I just need to do it. Yeah. So um, I went to Training Plus and the options for an apprenticeship was a hairdressing. I was like, no. Childcare. I was like, definitely Absolutely no. Absolutely not. <laughs> so it was a um, business and uh, business, what was it? Business and accounts course, I think it was. So you got placed in the workplace four days a week and then in college yep. one day a week. So I started with that. And it was great at first because I was in, I was being paid as well, which I loved. I got this hunger for like earning money. And um, so I was doing that. And then they sent me to college one day a week. And it was in the city centre. Um, I remember sitting upstairs and it was facing um, a lap dancing club. And I used oh. to look out the window and because still, I'm a daydreamer, I'm sat there, I don't know what the teacher's saying. And I used to look out the window and just think like, oh, I wonder what, because I'd never been in a strip club before. Yeah. Um, I used to think, I wonder what like, happens in there. I wonder what the girls look like and have they got the nails done, have they got the boobs done, have they got, like it was, so I never, every week, I'd just sit there staring at this club, didn't have a clue what the teacher had said. And then I'd go back. Um, so I'm like 16, I'm working three jobs. So I'm not really going out, Kate. I was just so focused. I loved working and earning money. And it, it was just, you know, that was like my kind of thing. I was so driven. So I felt like I'd spent all these years in school doing nothing, getting nowhere, thinking I must be thick. Like, I, you know, I, I, people would I'd start writing down stuff and I'd just be sat there like, what was, you know, what, what's going on? 
um, and I left school and I was like, wow, like I'm, you know, I can get up in the morning, I can go and do this. I, I had a drive, do you know yeah. what I mean? To, do you feel like as well, because you, you were disengaged at school, because you've been engaged with something, you just think, oh, this is brilliant because it's actually stimulating you. Definitely. Rather yeah. than not being Because you can see a physical, a physical result when you work, can't you? You Absolutely. get paid, you go in and you think, right, that needs doing and you can pri prioritise, you know, it's having that freedom to do things your way, I think. Um, so I was working and it was great. The apprenticeship was great for me because it allowed me to move through different departments of a business and mm. see how different things worked. So eventually um, I was placed in the accounts department. So I was like, oh, fantastic. You know, I can do numbers. It's great. So it was doing really well. So the company I was working for um, put me onto, no, sorry, before that I decided, because I wasn't doing enough, to join my college and do business and accounts course wow. myself. So because I kind of showed that initiative. So... And working three jobs and doing this accountancy, this account, business accounts was like basic business accounts. I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I thought this is a great kind of foundation as yeah. to whatever I go off. If mm -hmm. I've got a basic understanding of this, I'll be fine. So I was doing that, and then the company I was working for were like, "Look, we're going to pay for you um, to go and do IAT, the accountants technician course." So um, obviously that was like a big as if you let them investing in you. Do you know what I think now? I look back and think like, wow. But at the time I was seventeen. At this point, I didn't appreciate it yeah. as much. Do you know what I mean? I was like, and me, um, me manager. She, she was lovely, but she used to say like, you know, that this is costing them like three grand a year to put you through this because it was private. You know, and I was like, oh yeah. So they used to send off again, plus going and doing me college course where I just stayed at this strip club. Um, I'd be sent off again one day a week. So I'd done the foundation year and it was fine because it was basically what I'd covered in the other course and I was enjoying it. But then I was working, we were training with people who had degrees and I didn't. So I was started to struggle in my second year. And because knew, of knowing they had a degree? No, because I knew they had, because they had a degree, they had a massive advantage over me becoming an accountant. Once I'd done AAT, I would only have been like a bookkeeper that I still had a lot more work to do. I knew I was never going to get a degree. I didn't want a degree. That mm. wasn't me. I didn't fit in a, like a classroom environment. I didn't want to go to university. Um, so I got into my second year and I started losing my way a little bit because although I loved numbers, I just stopped feeling. I was working in this, you know, this office and I just, I don't know, like I'd literally be in my car because I got my little car when I was 17. So I was working to pay the insurance and, you know, I was just so like focused that I wanted to do everything. And then the realisation kind of set in that I was going to sit there doing this job and I was capped at like 16k a year and that was it. And looking back now, I think it was having that limitation on my life was what, at the time, you know, I didn't realise was what I, I didn't want. It's a want. big thing even for you to be able to realise that at such yeah, a young age. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because most people will go through life thinking, well, 16 grand even at 16. But you've had... You've had awareness and thought, no, that's, I want more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was so money hungry, do you know what I mean? And I was in this office and, you know, it was great. I was still working with people, but it, what I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't, I was like, I'm not an accountant. I'm never going to be an accountant because I knew I wasn't going to be able to go and do that degree because it wasn't me. And I know you can do anything you want to do, but I didn't, you didn't want, want to. to. Yeah, yeah, it just wasn't me, Kate. You could have done it if you yeah. wanted to, but you didn't want to. And that's so, fine, Ian. Yeah. You know, that, I think it's important as well that girls realise, unless you enjoy it, don't do it. Of course, yeah, definitely. So that is, that's fine to be able to say, do you know what, I don't want a degree, but I just want something else. So where did you go from there? So I left, um, and I was a bit of a crossroads, so I went to um, work for my dad for a bit. 
but it's like come away with me so i'm back in the van with all the lads all the way he's um i'll bet you they were fucking delighted <laughs> <laughs> so i'm there and i'm doing all my dad's stuff so it was great because what did your dad's business what was it so he was into a uh, fire and flood restoration at the time oh, okay. so we had like contracts all around like the area so he'd be sending vans out and i was doing like all his office because i was fully trained you know, to do all yeah. that so was doing all that for a bit and it was great it was another kind of life experience um but it still wasn't fulfilled um and then i think it was literally like i went on a night out one night i was in the news bar and seeing all these girls and seeing and i thought you know what this is what i want to do i want to be like i want a more glamorous kind of life i don't want to be in an office like i feel so suppressed i want to kind of be out there and doing something so um, I got in touch with um, Pulse um, in Liverpool. Oh my God, yeah. I used, well, they send the hospitality girls Do still they? to this day for the club, yeah. So, yeah, so I spoke to, I think it was Helen, um, and I sent her like, just a raw picture and everything. And she was like, come down and see me. So I went down and seen Helen, and she was like, yeah, right, go and get your portfolio. Um, so I was like, okay. So I went uh, to Matt Ford, um, went and got my portfolio done, and I loved it. Um, and it was one of them, it was like, I knew I what I thought. I went home to my dad and I was like, I want to be a model. But I thought, I did do some like bits of catwalk stuff in the city, yeah. but I was only short. I was quite small. So, you know, obviously I was, a, I was limited to what I could do. But I had like a bit of a cheeky personality and I thought I could do commercial. I can do like light glamour. I can do, I'll just see where it, you know, where yeah. it goes. So I started doing that um, when I was getting dummy portfolio and I was getting jobs around the city and stuff like that. Um... I remember like my mum like being on a poster. It was um, the medication nurse and I remember it was Amanda Harrington. Yeah. And then the next one was me. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, like that was a huge thing for me because obviously Amanda Harrington was so big, you know, in like the Liverpool like scene yeah. and everything. So I was doing that and I was still working because obviously, you know, I was doing both things and it was great. And I was getting paid and I was just loving it. Um, and then I started doing, uh, just by chance, I started getting asked to do a lot of workshops. And because I drove and I was only young, and obviously a lot of the models didn't drive, um, I was getting asked to do workshops up in Manchester. So basically that was where I would go and I'd be paid to be the model. And they have, you have photographers who were training to be a photographer. So okay. you'd have like six photographers who were paying to go to this workshop and being trained by a photographer. And you were just the, like the commercial model who, you know, they'd take the photographs yep. off and everything. So I'm like working and then I'm traveling down to Manchester and I'm doing, you know, these things where I'm made up. I've got absolutely no social life. Like I'd literally, even to this day, Kate, like never, never been to a festival, you know, like I'd, I'd, I haven't been on like girls holidays, never been the races. I was just so consumed in what I was doing without realizing, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Yeah. Like I was really enjoying it. Um, and I'd like travel back from Manchester and I'd literally like, I must have been like 19, 18, 19 at this point. And I was like stashing like wads of cash in my knicker drawer yes, and everything. Doll. Like, I was, you know, it was just, I was loving it. Um, and I was driving back from Manchester one night and it was like, I think it was like a, like a light bulb moment, to be honest. I thought, I'm going up there doing these workshops to train these photographers. I'm on, it was MySpace at the time, on MySpace getting girls messaging me, asking me for advice. Like people, like literally like Hannah Elizabeth, like look at Hannah, do you know what I mean? Like mm. we were starting out at the same time and we'd be chatting and stuff. And I thought, I should do this, but the opposite way around mm. and make a business out of it. And build, because back then 
you were looking like 400 pounds to build a portfolio so a lot of girls you know they, you couldn't do it it wasn't feasible so i went back um and i told my dad i was like this is what i'm gonna do so he was like oh brilliant he was dead supportive and everything um so i contacted a studio you know um got a photographer because i had loads of contacts with photographers obviously through doing these training workshops and i said look this is what i want to do i want to do like a training day for girls where they can come even just get a little insight into it get not not necessarily want to be a model but might mm. just want to get some pictures taken yeah and you don't know where to go you don't want to go and hire a photographer just for you to um or you might just need sometimes you just need some headshots for things and that don't you so i started doing that um and it was brilliant so I went and got flyers made, um, and obviously this was before Instagram, so you'd have to do everything the hard way. So I remember going, like walking around Liverpool, one hand on flyers out and stuff like that. Um, so you've had drive and vision, yeah, haven't you, from yeah. an early age? So I started doing that, and I was booking like six to eight girls on a wow. shoot, and I loved it because I was in control, and yeah. I just like planned the whole day. I had the photographer, I'd hire the studio, and the photographers, they were work, they were inexperienced, so they were working for the pictures and the experience and stuff. So I'd work all day, and I was coming home, I was literally like 19, I was coming home with like 500 pounds a day, wow. off the, you know, like on the table, and my dad was like, wow. So, I bet you he was so proud. Yeah, and it was like, I'd found something that I enjoyed doing, and I was able to make a business out of it. So my modelling stopped straight away then. So it was very short-lived because I enjoyed doing this so much more because I was in control rather than being the person behind the camera and being told what to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I was doing all that. Um, and yeah, I was like literally living the dream for like a year or two. And then, then came Dolly, my eldest daughter. Um, How old is she now? She is 13 this year. Wow. Yeah. You don't look 13 yourself. Oh, thanks. Wow. <laughs> so, so you got yeah. pregnant. Yeah, so. How long did you been with your partner before? Carl, I'd been with him since I was like 18, 19, so a couple of years. Okay. And we had Dolly. Um, and obviously he was at the pleasure rooms and, you know, we were like living the dream for a few years. I was traveling around with him, you know, like he'd be DJing in Scotland, Magaluf and... And then all that started to dry up because the music era just changed quite quickly, didn't it? And mm. everyone went from the pleasure rooms to society. Yeah. Which is quite funny because obviously rude and society. I know. <laughs> I know. It's all meant to be. I know. Um, so yeah, so then came Dolly and I moved then. Um, I moved to the other side of Liverpool, which was like, at the time, again, I didn't think about it. I just thought, oh, you know, be fine. Like, you really been changes, that's it. Yeah. You're like, I'm still in Liverpool, I'll be fine. So I'd gone from like... Yeah, doing everything I was doing to having a baby, not having a clue. But it's literally the most petrifying thing ever, isn't There's it? There's no manual with it, are you? Yeah. It's the one thing that, you know, you're responsible for someone's life and you just haven't got a clue what you're doing. Of course, yeah. I was like, I just had no confidence in myself whatsoever. I'd but our children are all alive! They're exactly, we yeah, they're alive. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, they're better for it, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so I'm living, like, the other side of Liverpool. I know nobody. So I felt that isolated and I, I had to like, to, because I was young as well and I had this background in modelling and stuff, like now I look back and I think, why was your arse? But I used to get that paranoid about like what people would think and so I remember getting my mum to come with me to like my first baby group with Dolly and mm. because I just didn't have a clue and they were all breastfeeding and you know, all this stuff and like. There's so much pressure, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, I am shit. Like I, I'm just terrible, don't know what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I spent, like, five months on my own at home with, with Doll. 
and obviously I loved it you know I had this baby she's gorgeous and everything but I was so depressed I had no confidence and I was thinking like what am I going to do like how am I going to go back into modeling like I've had a baby like again I look back now I think like hey you know you would have been fine but um I was thinking I'm gonna have to go do you back think you had a little bit of post definitely yeah yeah definitely but again it wasn't recognized as much no. back then because you couldn't speak about it yeah and I, I, I a taboo of, wasn't it Ooh, yeah and because that. I think moving wasn't the best idea in the sense that I brought I took myself away from everyone that I yeah. knew from your um, support network yeah and it's important of course of course so like I had my mum obviously she was there and my mum was like amazing um and then yeah Dolly was about five months and I was at home and I was thinking I'm gonna have to go back into an office and pick up on my accountancy again and then you look and think well you pay your nursery fees like is it even worth it you mm -hmm. know you know so I was just like at a crossroads for a bit and I don't know Kate Carl come home one day people always people like people always say like how did you end up running a strip club and I remember one time and like a, a press interview saying because I didn't know what to say I said it was an accident I like getting loads of shit in the comments <laughs> you know you read that you shouldn't read the comments but I read the comments and like oh was she like an accident and all that and I was like I, because I didn't know what to say because I don't know the answer yeah. to that question do you know I what I mean I just did yeah. and that's the end of it you nosy <laughs> bastard that's what you get in the end that's how you've got to be it's just like well I just did I don't know how I got into most things eh? yeah I think you know it doesn't have to be well what happened was there isn't a big story I just did yeah it just happened didn't it I think sometimes like you just you know whatever you choose to believe in whether it's God the universe things just align you into that direction of where you know you're meant so to did, be. was it already established really? and, and you took over a place no, or no, was I, it I, that's my baby I made so it yeah it's my second child okay <laughs> love um, this so, so no Ruth was the pleasure room so Carl come home to me one day and um, obviously Carl was like you know that was what he'd always done you know mm. and he's he's amazing at you know events and um, and he come home he just come home one day and it just said, uh, what about if we open a strip club? Well, it was a lap dancing club. Now it's a strip club. Yeah. Uh, why don't we open a lap dancing club? And I don't know, Kate. I remember sitting at the kitchen table and I just went, okay, yeah. I was like, because I was at this point where I was like, oh, whatever. You yeah. Know, yeah. And he was like, really? Because obviously most girls would have been, because I'd honestly never been in a strip club at this, you know, at this point. So um, we sat down and he was like, what do you want it to be called? My mate said like the such a lounge and the and I was like, no, 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 no. It's one word and it's one strong word that it is what it is. And you know what it is. And I, I just came out and I was like rude. And he was like, yeah. And I love it because there's so many, you know, I could do like kind of various, like let's get rude, rude girls. You know, there was so much that could come, you know, kind of off it. So uh, we had a little bit of money saved up because we were absolutely skint because I'd stopped working, you know, when I was doing really well, you know, it was, and obviously the pleasure rooms was, you know, yeah. getting ready to close and everything. So we'd gone from literally like living the dream you know, like DJ model, it was like to both our works kind of drying up and having a baby and it was a massive That's like scary, reality trek. Yeah. And neither of us had come from money, so it was fine. Like we, you know, we managed it. We could make everything stretch, but and we, we always talk about it and say like we're so grateful for that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was definitely meant to be, you know, to kind of um prepare us. So we had a little bit of money saved up, which was literally all we had. Um, and we decided to put it into the downstairs of the pleasure rooms okay. and open rude and it was shocking like I look back at the pictures because I'd never been in a strip club before I didn't know like what to do yeah. but obviously I had all the contacts being with models and stuff and yeah. you know modeling dancing they all kind of you know bounced off each other there were a lot of girls done both or they knew dancers and stuff like that 
so um, it was quite easy to get you know some girls in so we got like five girls into the club and auditioned them and again didn't know what I was doing so we got um, so you're just winging it yeah so I rang my friend Beth and I was like will you come with me because I was so scared she came with me and we, these, we got these girls to dance, which is actually now something I, I don't do because that, that's like the least important part is the dancing. Um, so I got the girls to dance. I remember this one girl like dancing for me and just whipping her knickers off and everything. And I was like, oh, I'll never it's forget it. It was, <laughs> it was Jason Derulo in my head. Um, it's like, I bet you fucking ate that song now, don't you? <laughs> I love it. I'm like that, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Uh, because I was still so quiet, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I went into this so timid. I'd never been, you know, in a strip club or anything. So we opened the club. It was the tiniest room. And I put a curtain right across half of it. I got a curtain to come in and put a curtain. Um, it was dreadful. It lasted two nights and I pulled it down. Because I didn't know what I expected. But I thought, the, the customers are going to come in. And they're going to go in there and dance. And then they're going to go there and get a drink. And they've got, like, you know... Um, so at this point, you, you've opened it and you still haven't been in one? I'm completely raw, yeah. I, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. But now, in hindsight, that was the best thing yeah. ever. Because although I was you're shit for the first... You're not copying weeks, anyone in exactly, your Exactly, yeah. Um, so I've made it. I've made all those mistakes and made it better how I think it should yeah. be, not followed suit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, had, we opened the club and I had like five girls and then I started getting some more girls um, from like a at the time a rival strip club they come um, and I was brand new and I got all these girls in the 30s who were like long-standing dancers they'd been in the industry for years mm. so Katie wiped the floor with me let her speak to one of them now, they were lovely yeah. but they they were at asses they knew what they were doing yeah. I was like and I'd go in I was having like weekly meetings and they'd all be talking over me like they were telling me how it was and stuff like that um, and I remember just being petrified, thinking, I can't do this, I can't work with these girls, like, these are strong-ass women, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, I look back and think, because now I'm them, and the other girls come in yeah. with me, and I'm like, listen, um, and I think, I think they were sent to me, if I'd have started with brand new little students, I wouldn't have been able to control situations that I can now, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was definitely, like, a blessing, um, so I had all these girls call me just knew the industry they were telling me how it was done and then over time I was like no this isn't right this isn't right you know and it was all the old school ways um so yeah I started putting more rules in place and more structure and then that kind of phased a lot of like I call the bad apples out the club because they couldn't you know the girls that just wanted to come in and party and drink and because I was putting all these kind of rules in so you're in you're in the pleasure rooms yeah so we're in this club um and as I say, it was like for me. I How quickly did it grow? It grew really fast, really quickly because um, we put our heart and soul into it. Because I had this baby, we'd put what little money we had into this club, so we had this was all nothing. nothing. Yeah, so I had to give it my heart and soul, and I think I was really lucky that other clubs wasn't doing that, so it was quite easy for me. So we quickly um, outgrew the the club that we were in. So we done upstairs and then I had this whole thing of would you have a VIP floor and you know, so I'd done this whole pricing structure to push because at the time, um, lap dancer it was all about dancers and yep. you know, there's money to be made, but there's not massive money. Um and I was seeing different clientele coming in and I was like, There's more money to be made here. So I opened a VIP floor where girls would be paid for half an hour's hours and the girls would earn a lot more money. I would earn a lot more money. 
but then customers were a bit scared to go upstairs because they couldn't see it. Um, so we run with that for a bit and then, kind of long story short, um, we had to be out the building. They were... Um, the building, developing? Yeah, they were going to develop um, on the club. So we had to move. Well, how did that you, feel after you just poured your whole life and soul into a building? Was you ready to move or was you daunted? I was never ready to move. And this is the thing, people go like, how did you do it? Because obviously, Rude now, it's the biggest club in the UK. Um, and people think like, oh, you know, it's amazing. Like you went in there and you done that. I, I didn't. I, 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 was, I wasn't this big, brave person. I was forced to do that change. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. like, obviously it was meant to be and it was sent for me, but I would never have done that unless I was forced to do it. And I think sometimes you've just got to follow, you know, as scary as it as changes, you've just got to go with it and follow it, haven't you? So this club over the road was was available it was for sale and it was within the district because sexual entertainment is quite strict like you, you can't just go and open one you know you've got to have this particular license and there's only it's capped on how many and you can only be in certain areas of the city you know for instance not by like a, a school or anything like that so we surrendered the license applied to move over and it went on for you know a long time um, so was you closed uh, at any point yeah yeah so it was closed so i had no club for um for my gosh about about two three months we were closed for wow so um would you did you carry on engaging your clientele how did you keep the girls what happened um well it went in the echo that um that the club was being developed and it spread like wildfire that the club was getting like shut down and stuff like that um and then a week later it went in the echo that the club was moving to this super club where like oh. rihanna and 50 cent and no one messaged me about that funny yeah enough. i bet you did fucking never <laughs> So I was like, I was fired up. I was ready because I'd seen so many people jump on that. Oh, Ruth's closing. Do you know what I mean? Then yeah. I was like, oh, I'm coming back with a bang. Um, and it was actually, a diff it was a difficult time. We had like a lot of personal stuff going on and I'd just had my youngest daughter at this point. Um, I'd had the baby Elsie, so. Yeah, but can we just back up a little bit? How many girls have you got? Four. Yeah, so she hasn't just had Dolly and then she had another one. No, she had another oh, yeah, two in the middle. Oh, yeah, there's a few in the middle, yeah. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> So you've got four kids struggling. Uh, honestly, I'd be in the changing rooms like out here and the girls would be holding me up taking house fees and stuff like that, yeah. So I had my youngest, but my two youngest were only like a year apart, just the timing of everything. I needed to be there and I needed to throw myself into it. Um, so we opened the new club and we'd again, like started from scratch. We put everything into it. This was our building um and i was on my own at the time in the club and i was you know meeting workmen i had two babies hanging off me um and yeah i literally like i'd say for 12 months i went missing again because i was starting from scratch so i'm back down to where i was at the beginning i've got was you, was you operating i started operating about two months later in the january okay um what i had to do was i didn't have those changing rooms when i opened i opened with just the club mm. um and yeah, it was, I just had the baby and everything. I just felt like really kind of down and I put all my energy into this club again, like even more so it had to work, but I was frightened, Kate, because it was huge. Yeah. Um, Everything's riding on this Yeah, one. yeah, definitely. You can't um, just give the building back and go walk away. That's it. Yours. I've gone from just like being in the pleasure rooms and it kind of being like a family thing. And it was to, this is not messing now, like we've got a mortgage on this building. It's the biggest, like everyone's got big expectations around it. So I had the workmen there and I was running everything myself and I knew 
I had to take all my experience, seven years experience, and put it into this building. So the balcony area, I was like, it's all VIP, one, all VIP floors, one. And I was there every single day. And I always laugh and tell the girls, like, I've changed my my babies in literally every yeah. one of those VIP boots, you know. So all the lads are sitting there in the VIP. <laughs> so I changed my kids' shitty nappies <laughs> on that. So that's how much, you know, I'd put, like, my heart yeah. and soul into it. Um, and I was just working constantly. And I remember being like on the balcony and like thinking, where's my office going to be? Where I needed like three times the amount of girls. Um, Do you feel like you work better under pressure? Definitely, definitely work better under pressure, yeah. Um, and I remember one of the doormen coming up and I was taking house fees um, in a booth because I didn't know where it was going. Like I didn't have an office at the time. And um, and he was £5, fell on the floor because I had all this cash and everything. He picked it up and he went... He passed it to me and I went, what are you giving me that for? And he went, it's going to bring you luck. You know, you've got this, Amy, because I was like there by myself every single day because we had just had like so much going on. And I'm getting dead emotional and I've still got that five pound yeah, note on like the side. Yeah. And I look at it all the time and I think, you know, so that was like one of those moments. So I have this note at the side and I just look at it every day and I think back and it was something so simple, but it meant yeah. no space of me. So what do you do for Amy? Um, for, do you know what? Be rude as me, being a part of the girls. If I'm off work, like I'm on the phone to the girls twenty four seven. So, so you live, sleep, eat, breathe. Yeah, rude, yeah. And I don't. There's not one day that I would ever complain about it. It's not a job that like I need to take time away from. Like so I'm got, actually quite jealous. Listen to this. I feel like kicking you. Honestly, it's a different world. Yeah. I feel so blessed. And I so was like fulfilled. that with the editors. Yeah, I just I love being part of them and. You know, obviously, when, when you've got kids at home and you just live in that life, it's so easy to just get caught up in it. I get to go there and, be, and listen to the comp. Like, I am literally crying, laughing. I thrive off it. Um, so, I, yeah, it's not something that I need, ever need to take time away from. But, now if I'm at home, um, I've got my dog. I'm out walking my dog. I'm completely, I'm just like, yeah, very boring. You wouldn't think that neither, would you? <laughs> from, from one extreme to yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah, to my dog walking. So, most, well, the majority of left answers stay closed during the restrictions but you managed to open what's happened yeah i was dead naughty um I good know <laughs> I, <never loved> that. <laughs> um, I, I was fed up case and so were the girls and i felt like i was giving them empty promises but i could only go off what we, you know we were being told yeah. and i was really frustrated that i was allowed to open jaloo and avenue and, you know we wasn't really making money but we were paying our bills putting yeah. food down and you know under these restrictions and I was thinking, I've got a club there that's like four times the size, but because it came under sexual entertainment, we wasn't allowed to open. Um, and, you know, those girls, that was their livelihood. And for me, I'd lost myself. Like, rude was all I've known. You know, I'd been in rude since I was 22. I was a baby. So losing that, I lost myself. So we'd gone over a year, and then we got promised in the, in the, um, the summer, and then it was Christmas, I remember, you know, setting up, like literally putting the tape on the floor. I was fully prepared to do two-metre dances and, you know, masks on the girls, whatever it took. I just wanted to, I needed to be open. And it was just empty promise after, after promise. And it got to May, you know, you lose track, don't you, because yeah. it was that much going on, but it got to May last year. And um, bars were allowed to open, but sexual entertainment wasn't. But that was it, live entertainment came back. And I was like, well, I'm live entertainment. And then I went through my thing and they were like, no, you're sexual live entertainment. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. So I thought, you know what? I've got this huge venue and I've got a stage now in America. You do like table dances and yeah. stuff like that. And I thought, okay. So I went and spoke to the girls. I said, look, girls, you know, you're wiping our asses for £9 an hour. How about we get on the stage? 
we get a DJ on. So this was another thing I didn't do before lockdown. Got a DJ on. And I was like, we will do stage shows and we will I'll do all these voiceovers and I'll encourage the men that they're not allowed to dance with you, but they can tip you on the stage and you know, you'll know you dance on the stage. You're complete more than two metres. Mm. We opened, never, ever been so busy. Oh, we were ramp- We wasn't making grands, like, you know, because we couldn't go upstairs. We yeah. couldn't do the VIPs, but it wasn't about the money case. I was like, I thought I was going to get shot. It went in there. It went in the Daily Star the next day. And I was like, oh my God, the police are going to be here. Like, and they did come in. And funny enough, um, I was just by chance, I was upstairs on the VIP floor. And Enya, who's like my best friend, she was on stage. So she knew, you know what I mean? She knows everything. Um, and she spotted them straight away. So she was like, oh, here we go. But they were fine. They were made up. Um, they checked everything. They were like, no, you know, it's fine. And it was. Yeah. Um, and we were so busy. We had so many new customers coming in that wouldn't have come to us before. Yeah. Um, it made national press and everything. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. And the atmosphere was amazing. And then that was something I looked at and thought, okay, this is something we can add to it because you've got your ad groups of lads coming in, cheering and putting money on the stage and the girls would go over. And we had like, you know, loads of girls on the stage at one point. Um, and lads would be throwing the money and then the mates would throw the money and I think sometimes because I always like to put myself in a customer's shoes and think how would they feel going back to like men go in the toilet when they walk in and um, I thought it probably is a bit frightening to go in and, and go in that room and have a dance with that girl on your own so it's a good icebreaker as well and it, it's fun because that's what it's about it's yeah. just light-hearted entertainment people overthink it um, so yeah, it was a fantastic, fantastic thing, and then it enabled us to obviously stay open. And then in July, the restrictions were lifted, and I think it was good to kind of wean ourselves in after so yeah. long away as well. So you'd evolved with lockdown, yeah, didn't definitely, you? Definitely, yeah. You know, and I think um, you probably agree. It when you're working so much and your life's so consumed with something, it's it was like a break that we probably would have never have taken. No, Do you know what I mean? Know. We were forced to stop in our tracks and reevaluate everything in your life so i can looking back now you know obviously like i'm grateful for it for you know the progression that we've made since do you think that it's still the adult entertainment industry is still a big taboo or do you think it's people are getting more used to it or i think younger people are definitely getting more used to it and i do think without blowing my own trumpet i think i, I, I am um i feel like what i've been trying to do for so long is starting to pay off. I do think I'm making a big difference being a woman and stepping forward. It's never been done before. That people, I think people will only put something down if they feel they can. But when you're that confident in what you do and don't allow people to, they kind of question themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember um, an article going in 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 the Echo and a woman putting, um, one of them women would stay at home woman a bio put like a really nasty comment about um how like my daughters must be you know like how my mum would be proud and you know being just yeah. nasty and brought me kids into it you know saying like oh I better kids are really proud blah 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 so it was a hateful comment obviously when people someone mentions your children because I'm a big believer of you keep your parents like the girls don't know I've some of the girls don't know I've got kids because I don't go in going oh the kids have had me up and you know the two things are separate yeah. they read about it they don't um so I've always like protect the girls in that way so she made this comment and um, this lad who might have been my brother <laughs> and just like wrote it off and Good. put this like reply to it, but in a dead sophisticated way. And do you know what, Kate, the amount of people that commented, 
giving this woman shit. Oh, I was like, what? Well, it nice. literally had about 50 comments. And like, I remember reading one of them and it was this, this lad had wrote and he'd said like, I've never met Amy personally, um, but I've heard through other people. She's a really nice girl um, and she's dead hard work and good luck. And it actually brought a tear to my eye and the support from one person trying to bring me down that everyone, I was like, wow. Um, but then she deleted her comment because she got so much shit. And I was like, no, because I'm obviously uh, yeah, comment. Went. Yeah, and, um, and it was lovely. So, yeah, there's always going to be, I think, more with the older generation of people. But the thing is, is men are wired. We're all wired in that way. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's a reason why films have a sex scene. It's to keep us engaged, yeah. whether you like to admit it or not. You know, um, and it's something that I think women... You know, it's a taboo subject for women to talk about, but men are always going to sexualise women. So when a woman is able to take control of that, sexualise herself, mm. be empowered, because I personally believe as a woman, your your kind of look, I've always, you know, from a young girl following, you know, all these like Dolly Partners were saying and Jennifer Ellis and all these girls that to me were gorgeous. That was such an empowering thing. And I know a lot of women will go like, women will be like, no, a degree is, you know, but each to their own. It's whatever Absolutely. makes you feel. So I think you can take me away, you know, like report me and do all the things I've had of recent and put me in a box over there. You're just going to go back to a man running, but it being a male-dominated industry. So why would you not want to have a woman? How do you feel working in a total male-dominated industry? I love it because I'm working with, with, with girls, do you know what I mean? And I love, um, I think there's nothing more intimidating for a man than a woman. Being who, in charge. Yeah. Who, um, yeah. I always say, it's a change of room talk, I always say, like, we earn more money than them and we get more than them. You know what I mean? We get more fucking done <laughs> than them. I know that. What would, um, what's, what does Carl think about it all? Is he proud? Yeah, yeah. I think he, Carl is, um, he's just a dead, easygoing, lovely person and with, with, with chalk and cheese. And he's not, like, he never blows smoke up my arse ever. Carl's dead hard work and dead, like, He's um, the opposite to me. He just likes to kind of stay in the background. But he, he's never one of them, like, oh, you're doing amazing, Amy. And I think that's good to have someone. Yeah. He's like my biggest critic. But obviously, you know, deep down, he's your biggest supporter. But he, he'd never be like, oh, you know, you're doing great. He'll always take the piss out of me and look for ways that you can push more. And I think that's that's good. I think if you had someone who was praising you, because like, we've never ever stopped and celebrated anything i've always been like right what can we do now just next next yeah. next next yeah what would be your ultimate goal my ultimate goal would be um to completely change like move out to liverpool and kind of expand and completely to be able i, I go to places and um speak because now like someone's like what you do because like they'll talk about girls or model I'm like oh no here and no here she's and they'll be like what you do you know because you know and then i'll tell them and they're like oh my god I used to be a stripper or I follow you on Instagram or this, that and the other. Um, and I think that is my ultimate goal is to be able to make it socially acceptable because for years, like even doing pleasure rooms events, I'll have girls come up to me and be like, you're Amy. I used to dance in like, angels years ago and I never used to tell anyone. I think it's amazing. So yeah, that's my goal is to just make women feel that it's not something to be ashamed of and you should be able to sexualize yourself and feel empowered by it. Because what's next for Rude? What's next for Rude? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, ne- I don't really plan case. I just go with it. Have you got any plans I mean? to expand, go to different cities? I'd love to go to different cities, yeah. But I feel like we're just... Um, obviously, we're just coming back off the lockdown and everything. So, 
Um, yeah, but definitely open more clubs and just keep, yeah, just doing what. So you're just going to keep building this gorgeous empire? Yeah, and just, yeah, I don't, you know, you say, like, where do you see yourself in X amount of years? I just, I, I remember putting a picture up of, um, in the Rue WhatsApp group, but it was a granny in, like, a fair coat with Rue girl, and I was ah. like, this is me in 50 years. Like, I don't ever want to not be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Total um, dedication. Yeah, I, you know, I'll be 50 still, like, commenting on the girls' pictures, telling them that I definitely would. Uh, <laughs> that is so gorgeous. So, everyone, if you want to try a, a strip club, <laughs> rude. Or if you want to be a stripper, contact Amy. She will look after you. She is the queen of it. And where can everyone find you on social media, Ames? Um, so my personal page is Amy Gwyn XX, um, and the new Rue page is Rude Liverpool. So get following everyone. Amy, thank you so much oh, for joining thank me. You. I've really loved it. Oh, me too. Thank you.